So I am here on the telephone from sunny Los Angeles. Is it sunny today, Sam? It is actually, yeah, sunny and windy. We always think it's sunny, especially on cold, rainy days here in New York. I'm here with Sam Christensen, and I think the best way to introduce him to my audience, for those of you who didn't hear his first interview that I did with him, is to ask Sam the question, what do you do for a living? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I make sure, to the best of my ability, that artists have their available identity to support their craft uh, at all times. Hmm, sounds intriguing. How do you do that? Uh, <laughs> there are several uh, pieces involved in it, but essentially the, the challenge, is, as I have observed it over my years in show business, is that there are a lot of different factors out there in the world, just the pressure of an audition or um, doing our sincere work on a, on a characterization or we've been misinformed or we're going into a place that feels over our heads or, you know, all the various things. One of the things that happens is people sort of shut down on themselves. It's sort of like that thing, you know, if you go out to a, a job interview or on an important date, and some of the times after it's over, you're riding the subway. We'd be sitting in the car out here, but you're riding the subway home, and you go, what the heck was that? Mm -hmm. What was I doing in there? Why was I, why, you know, I felt like I was sitting next to myself. That wasn't how I really am. What was the matter with me? And it's that challenge, that thing of um, knowing that your authenticity is right there with you, and yet you can't quite make it all happen in the room at that moment, and you don't feel like you were your true self, your full self. That's the thing I want to fix. I think people spend so much valuable time getting their craftsmanship up to a level that they're competitive and that they know they can say they're a good actor, a good performer. Mm -hmm. But the side that we kind of take for granted is this side of making sure that the gift we received of individuality is in its full bloom. You know, that way that we create signature performances and, and a signature impression on audiences. That, you know, that way of doing things that only we could do it. It's, it's got a signature to it. I want yes. to make sure that uh, the artists I work with have that as tuned up as they do the craftsmanship and skill. Well, the way that I came to meet you was through a workshop, and it was really rather random. It was an email that I got, and it, it said, you know, come to a free workshop. And at the first workshop with you, you told the story of how you became qualified to work with artists in this way. So why don't you tell our audiences how you came to start doing this work? Well, there's, there are kind of two answers to that. Sort of the, you know, professional qualifications are that I was a casting director in, in New York and L.A. for many, many years and did a lot of work that I just loved doing helping directors and producers put together the most creative, interesting cast that I could possibly influence them to do. Uh -huh. And um, that's the side, 20 years of that. The other side of it is that I, I think the thing that makes me more qualified is I'm really passionate about the things I just talked about. Mm -hmm. I feel so strongly that we all deserve the, the fullness of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, you know, it's the asset you can't study, you can't, given to you by God and nature, and, and a, lot, a lot of folks feel compacted in that area. So that qualification, I think, is really bigger than all my experience. I mean, I'm now 40 years in show business, so, you know, I've, I've been around the after track a couple times. Uh -huh. um, part of me that it really is 
I don't know, it's, it's implanted, it's just deep in my heart, that I want to see every individual be just as fully themselves as they could possibly be in every situation, especially the ones that might shut them down a little bit. So that my credits don't really get me out of bed. You know, my credits I can put on the resume and people recognize the shows and movies and things that I've done and directors right. I've worked with. But the thing that gets me out of bed and into the classroom and excited every day is really the other side of it. I, I just, it kills me when I see somebody that I know is producing less of themselves in a role or in an interview than I know they have. And I just, I, I feel like i got to help that, you know. And just so the audience knows that um, I, I personally have worked with Sam and I did, I did the workshop. And for me, um, being able to sort of lead with my authentic self and remind myself of who I am through the essences, you know, that, that I got from you, that's my secret weapon. Especially when I have to, not, you know, it, it's my secret weapon in the work, but it's also my secret weapon in a meeting. It's my secret weapon when I have to introduce myself to a group. Because there are these competitive situations where you get into where you have to talk, you know, even socially, you know, stand up and say who you are, you know, and you have to be authentic. And tell me how you work with people in terms of really expressing their authenticity um, without sounding like they're just talking about themselves, you know, in those situations where, you know, you've done a great audition and the casting director or, or you're in an interview and they sit down and they go, oh, why don't you tell me about yourself? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know. It's interesting, Rose, because in the beginning, that was sort of my goal. I wanted to make sure that people had stuff that they felt comfortable saying in those kind of situations. Or when the photographer said, what are we going for? They had something more than the age groups and the socioeconomic qualifications of the picture. They could say, what about me as an individual, not a type, but an individual should be in this picture. And it was sort of on the outward that this whole thing was designed about... You know, just ways you can feel comfortable talking about yourself so it would translate into a picture or a haircut or an interview. More and more, I'm finding myself uh, kind of emphasizing the other side of it, which is as a self, self-capture tool, I guess, the thing I can say, you know, to, to use them when you're in the waiting room and going, oh, I, I got these lines on my mind and I got another audition I got to get to and there's all this stuff on my mind. But I gotta get. I can't go over the script again. I've done that enough. I gotta get better. I gotta be myself. Finding more and more, I'm emphasizing to people. You know, that's when you repeat things because they just remind you of the stuff about yourself that's out there operating in the world. If you just kind of slip into it, it takes care of itself. Mm-hmm. That little that little restart reboot button that it offers to people is has become more and more my emphasis from in the work. Well, um, why don't you give us a little nuts and bolts about sort of what actually happens in the workshop? Because it's sounding, you know, all groovy, but a little mystical at this point. For I'm trying to imagine a listener who's never met you, who's never seen, um, you know, you in person, never seen you on YouTube, where you can find him. Um, <laughs> um, what, what would you say? Well, you know, this is interesting because this has always been a challenge trying to explain this to people, you know, in terms of how it works and why it works and all that, as opposed to the self-effect, it's always been a challenge. But let me do the best I can. Okay. The, the, the first sort of issue or challenge that I want to solve is what I just referred to as the inside-outside problem. 
you know, we, we live, each of us live inside of ourselves, and all of our perception of our life comes from this interior environment that we live in. It's all filled with voices from our past and experience and all of that. Oh, wait a minute. You broke up a little. Can you start that again um, about the inside-outside? Yeah, the inside-outside, that, you know, how we perceive ourselves from our interior life. We live inside the experience of ourselves. You know, how we perceive that we discover as we go along is a little different sometimes than how all the people on the outside of us, which is everybody, um, how they might perceive us. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people will say to somebody, oh, I think you're so like this. And you'll go, really? It's funny, I don't feel like that. Or you'll think there's this piece of being, you know, my curiosity or, or my compassion or my intensity is something I'm so glad you mentioned um, 
that you know communicating it sort of in this new digital age on the on a website, um, in a reel, in media, and trying to communicate to people who you are when you are not using, you know, when you're not there in person. And a lot of people talk about branding, and it's very, you know, it's like kind of a trendy word. So how does the the new sort of idea of branding yourself as a person uh, fit into your work? Well, there's a definition of, of branding that's sort of a conglomeration of two or three of the experts on this. That, that I think helps. I look at it as a brand, whether it's a brand of, you know, a, a, an artist or someone else. A brand is a promise that the product makes of, of itself as concisely put as possible. Mm-hmm. So Coca-Cola with its logo and its various slogans and the music that accompanies its ads and stuff, over the years what Coca-Cola has said in as brief and central a way as possible, a photograph or a melody or a, 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 a jingle, what they have done is to say to you, we're Coca-Cola, you can count on that. Wherever you see this brand or hear this music or wherever you ask for a Coke, you're going to get this thing that we uniquely are. Mm-hmm. And to be able to translate that for the artist, into a few words or all of these various hard copy things like photos or this incredibly challenging but dynamic world of the cyber world to translate a promise briefly into those various different possibilities. That is to say to the buyer, I am this artist. Not only do you get the promise that I do my job, I can act, but I am saying to you as briefly as possible that I guarantee that in whatever situation you find me, no matter how stressful, this is the human being that's going to be there. Mm -hmm. How do we say that in a few words? You get my good craftsmanship and good work, and you get my unique humanness, and then wrap that up in a photo or in a sentence or in the feel of a website. And then, never mind, there's Twitter and Facebook and all of these uh, daily communication web alternatives that mean you get to create sort of this ongoing role, uh, role, R-O-L-L, of who you are over time. Mm-hmm. They can just wander, because you're doing it every day, perhaps, on Facebook. So how do I keep underlining not personal Facebook, you know, but business use Facebook. Right. How do I keep underlining this brand for people? What words do I repeat? What do ideas do I keep laying in so that I don't bore them, but I also keep reinforcing and underlining this promise. Here's the person you get. You know, the, the promise of Robert De Niro is different than the promise of Dustin Hoffman. They're both wonderful actors, and, you know, that have been around for many, many years. But what De Niro promises you that you're going to get with De Niro is a different thing. You're going to get good characterization, interesting creation from each of them. But the signature of Robert De Niro is different than the signature of Dustin Hoffman. 